welcome to this week in beauty drama for sunday august 11th through august the 17th i'm your host stacy i'm a makeup enthusiast and beauty lover and one of my guilty pleasures is beauty community drama now if you follow the beauty community on youtube instagram twitter or any social media platforms you know that there is probably not a community on the internet that is more rife with drama infighting and shade throwing and it's fun to talk about it so i decided to create this podcast as a way of having a one-stop source for all the drama that can happen in a week because a lot can go down we do talk about drama on this podcast and occasionally drama can get people a little worked up but please remember that all of the people that we mention whether they are public figures influencers or anybody else is a human being that deserves respect. Please do not leave anybody any negative or mean-spirited comments. And also, please note that this is internet drama. It is occasionally rumors. Anything unsubstantiated, I will do my best to make sure to say that I can't find a source on it. And all of my sources are available in the episode notes on our website. This podcast does use audio from other sources such as Instagram, Snapchat, or YouTube. This use falls under the Fair Use Doctrine, Section 107 of the United States Code. Title 17 specifies the conditions under which the fair use of copywritten work may be used for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, etc. For more information about this, please visit our website. The big story of the week, does BeautyCon hate you unless you look like a perfect model? YouTuber Sierra Schultze, who has over 800,000 subscribers on YouTube, and her friend Skylar attended Los Angeles BeautyCon, and they did not have a great experience. Now, Schultze had blogged, vlogged rather, about her experience at BeautyCon and being treated badly last year at the 2018 BeautyCon, and she was hoping that BeautyCon 2019 would go a little more smoothly for her. Now, she was an invited guest, aka talent, but not everybody seemed to believe that all talent is created equal. Skylar and Sierra share their experience on Sierra's vlog channel, Sierra and Steven IRL. The video is entitled, We Were Treated Like Absolute Garbage at BeautyCon with Live Footage. And here's what they have to say about that. Okay, Skylar. So we've been at the BeautyCon VIP area for a little while. We are like full glam. We did the outfit and we're still kind of being treated like shit. They have like this photo booth area. Like four talent. And three people cut in front of us. And but then, I was like, okay, I'll let it happen. Yeah, and then we got up to the front and the lady was like, oh, I'm sorry, we have to take talent now. And like looked like looked at Sierra. And like Sierra up was, and down. And Sierra was like, I am talent. And she was like, oh, but it's only specific talent. And then she was like, you can try to come back later. Yeah, we and we time. were like, oh, when works for you? And she was like, oh, like, like two or three hours. But I swear, if we come back at two, they're not gonna, and if they, it's gonna be like last year, if I do wait it out and they do my photos, they're not gonna like post them or they're gonna like maybe take like three. And so I thought, I really thought this year was gonna be different. And like no shade to BeautyCon. Well, no, maybe a little shade to BeautyCon. I've never seen you be treated like that at like VidCon or ClamorCon or any never. Of the other convention. Never. It's just, it, I really, it, it's annoying because this is literally what happened last the year. The same photo, and you know what? It's like the same thing with the photo, same photo area and everything. It's wild. It does make you wonder if BeautyCon is going to invite 
big YouTubers because I mean, 800,000 is almost a million subscribers and that's a lot of subscribers. Whether or not you recognize her, which I was not familiar with her prior to this because she's not really part of the beauty community per se. She's a body acceptance, uh, uh, talking about the way that she looks and accepting your body the way that it is. So I had never heard of her before, but that doesn't mean that that talent wristband doesn't mean something. She was invited and clearly she is a very big influencer. So why was she treated badly because she did not look a certain way? My two cents on this is that BeautyCon just needs to get real and say, okay, you know, we are part of the beauty community. The beauty community is about beauty and being beautiful. And we do want influencers who look a certain way. That way, people would know what to expect. Or better yet, instead of having, you know, hundreds and hundreds of influencers, because it did look in the video like there were a lot of people in that talent area why not just invite the biggest names, the people that you actually consider to be talent, to be part of the talent at BeautyCon? If somebody is not a big makeup or beauty influencer, then don't invite them to be part of talent. Maybe you could have a different designation for people who are big on YouTube, but maybe not big in the beauty community. You know, early in my career, I worked in the nonprofit sector and one of the things that I did was planning events. And granted, I did not ever plan an event for 30,000 people, which is what the CEO of BeautyCon says their attendance was for their Los Angeles BeautyCon. However, I do know that when you have a VIP or you have a speaker or you have somebody that you might consider to be quote unquote talent, that all of your staff need to know that that person is important. And even if they don't recognize them, they can treat them with respect. So BeautyCon did release a statement of sorts about this situation. They actually had two. The first statement, or uh, as the non-apology, as we can call it, was put out on social media in a story or Snapchat. And this is what the CEO, along with, I counted them, 10 staffers, had to say about the situation. And I know there was a, an incident online um, with an influencer, and we're not going to say their name. Um, we're not going to say their name because I don't know that the situation, um, well, let me say this. We disagree with the story that's being told. We disagree with the way that incident is being recounted. We disagree with the comments um, that they are publicizing out there about this company and who we are. Um, we take offense to someone calling us out for not being inclusive, for not being diverse. We spend so much time internally talking about inclusivity, diversity, to talk about acceptance of body types, body, body, um, body stigmas, um, ethnic stigmas, um, both internally and externally. And so for us to hear that there was unfortunately one influencer that had a not great experience. We're sorry that someone came to not have a great experience with 30,000 people coming through a venue. We do our best to accommodate um, everyone. Um, but of course, there's going to be moments where everyone can't be made happy. Um, there's obviously areas where we can always do better, but the way in which this incident is being portrayed is just inaccurate. And so 
we thought about making sort of a more detailed statement about it, but once we went through and investigated every single employee involved, every security involved, every uh, staff member involved at the venue, and our own internal team, we just are here to say that we feel like we killed it. We're proud of our team. We stand behind the staff. We stand behind the fact that we are about inclusivity. We stand behind um, the talent that we worked with. We stand behind current and um, all consultants and vendors across the board. We had an awesome team. And we have reached out to this influencer and numerous people have reached out. And they, and oh, I'm happy to even show you like the, the actual like, I have texted this person, I have DM'd this person. They have never responded back to me to have a discussion about it, but are rather, you know, going to the internet. <laughs> right? Going to the internet to basically talk about us. And so we're not perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. You know, we're all very human. You can call us a lot of things, but don't come at us with we're not inclusive. Because that's one thing that we as a company just won't stand for. Um, it's, un, it's inauthentic, it's untrue, it's fake news. <laughs> it is fake news. Now it's really possible that BeautyCon has a pretty small staff. If the staff is only 10 and they are planning an event for 30,000 people, which is just kind of mind boggling. I mean, that's like a football stadium full of people. Then they have a lot of subcontractors and people that they hire out such as security who are not BeautyCon staff, but are independent coming in probably through staffing agencies to help at this particular event. So I would not be surprised if a lot of private security guards don't know who any beauty YouTuber is. The way that you're gonna identify who is important is gonna be through those passes and wristbands and that sort of thing. I mean, we've heard stories of athletes, celebrities, people who don't get recognized being treated a certain way. And you know, this should not be happening is the bottom line. But I do wonder if BeautyCon maybe needs some kind of talent liaison or security liaison or somebody to just kind of say like, here are some pictures of the big influencers who are going to be here. And, you know, everybody with the red wristband that says talent needs to be treated equally. Now, Tyra Banks, who most people probably recognize was at BeautyCon and she was in the talent lounge with along with hundreds of other people who are not nearly as famous as she is. She was probably the most famous person there and she was just wearing a baseball cap and no makeup from what I saw in videos but you could tell that it was her or that it was someone important because there was a security detail walking around with her and people were screaming Tyra 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 so, you know, if you're going to look, need to look a certain way to be treated well at BeautyCon, then shouldn't Tyra Banks have been treated poorly because she wasn't wearing makeup and she was wearing a baseball cap? So I think that there really does need to be a better standard for what BeautyCon is going to do and how they're going to treat people. So they did issue another statement and this one, I say statement again, because, you know, these are not going out as actual press release statements, the way that we are used to seeing them. This second statement was actually just a comment 
on Sarah's Instagram picture where she's wearing the outfit that she wore to BeautyCon. And I'm going to just read you the statement since it was not done in video or audio, so I can't include that here. Now, screen caps of this are gonna be available on our website if you would like to read it yourself. BeautyCon with the verified blue check said, we're sorry you had an unfortunate experience at BeautyCon. Your experience is far from fake news and I apologize for making such a flippant response. You, the situation, and the community deserve better. We all do, and hope you'll consider the following. Both of us can agree that no human should ever feel uncomfortable or excluded because of their appearance, beliefs, or anything beyond their control. This is the reason I built BeautyCon, to strive for and train the industry to fully adopt diversity and inclusion. It's personal for me. I am brown, gay, Muslim, and struggled with weight my entire life. I have never fit into the norm and built BeautyCon to redefine the norm that's haunted many of us. I know we can both agree that given the chance to properly communicate when this unfolded, we could have aligned and turned something unfortunate into a teachable moment. The moment I heard about your situation, I reached out directly to respectfully work through it together, but instead of working together as women with similar experiences to create some meaningful change, there were some pretty serious speculations that directly put BeautyCon, the team, and all the important work we do in the crosshairs. Contempt prior to investigation is what unfolded, and again, we could have worked through it. Instead, there was an all-out assault on me, my family, BeautyCon, and anyone close. This was an unfortunate outcome on several levels, but sadly comes with the territory, which is why I wanted the opportunity to work with you directly to unpack the various issues and help the community grow as a result. Hate is what keeps us from truly evolving, and it starts with open and honest communication. I would like to extend an opportunity for you, Skylar and me, to have a discussion about your experience and how it may not have been exactly what it appeared. Regardless, I apologize that you felt undermined at BeautyCon and will never stop fighting to be better as a brand, as a leader, so I hope you'll agree to connect since we both fight for the same thing, a new norm. We can all be better, but we own our missteps and use this experience to be better on all fronts. BeautyCon and Moj. Now, I apologize if I pronounced her name incorrectly. It is spelled M-O-J. And all of the drama videos that I watched about this situation, she's always referred to as the CEO of BeautyCon and never by her actual name. So until I saw this statement, I wasn't actually sure what her name was. And I agree on a couple things with her. I do agree that when I first saw the uh, Snapchat or Instagram story statement, I thought, okay, this person is not the ideal, you know, beauty vlogger, blogger. You know, she's not tall. She's not blonde. She's not gorgeous. She didn't even look like she was wearing makeup. Um, what really struck me about the first Snapchat statement is that even though she seemed like she was reading, what she was reading um, was so dismissive. And I don't care if you have an event, if you have a product, if somebody has a bad time or a bad experience, you know, you should say, I'm sorry. How do I make it right? Period. The end. That's it. I'm sorry. Because a lot of people... Like, and I'm sure that Sarah Schultze, I don't know her, I'm not her subscriber, but she does talk a lot about positivity and 
I think that a really simple I'm sorry from BeautyCon would have went a long way for her. But I do think it's hypocritical to criticize somebody for talking about something on the internet when that's what they do. That's your job. When you are a YouTuber, when you're a vlogger, when you're an influencer, your job is to be you on the internet. You are your product. So to tell a vlogger who was there, you know, as a vlogger, as a big YouTuber, as an influencer, to say, hey, you know, you should not have taken this to the internet is so hypocritical because that's her job to be on the internet. And also, that's why you invited her to BeautyCon as talent. All of these people who are talent at BeautyCon have social media followings. You know, they're on YouTube. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. And they wouldn't have followings if they didn't share their experiences and their artistry on social media. So that to me was, I don't know. I felt like the entire first statement and second statement, if you can call them that, I don't really feel like they were professional statements. I don't feel like they were apologies. Really were like, hey, we're sorry that you had a bad time, but you know, that's not BeautyCon. This is an isolated incident, blah, blah, blah. I'm not sorry for what I did because I didn't do anything wrong, but I'm sorry that you had a bad experience. And no, as a CEO, like you do have to step up and take responsibility for your event. So the experience that people have is your whole brand. So that's my two cents on that. This is just my opinion as an outside observer. I've always wanted to attend BeautyCon, but I never have because I don't live anywhere near New York or LA. But I love the beauty community. I love makeup. And it really sucks to see that people were treated this way and that their experience was invalidated and that BeautyCon, in spite of the fact that the CEO does really seem like she's trying, she keeps missing the mark. It's like she wants to care, but she's way more important about communicating that none of this is BeautyCon's fault. Well, it's not the influencer's fault. So whose fault is it? You know, step up and take some responsibility for your brand, for your event, for your company. This is not the only dramatic thing that happened at BeautyCon Los Angeles. It hasn't been widely reported that I've noticed, but the YouTube channel 423FM reported on a story about how an attendee at BeautyCon called out Priyanka Chopra Jonas, the famous actress and Bollywood star and now wife of one of the Jonas Brothers. I don't know which one. And uh, yeah, they had this woman had issues with a tweet that Priyanka Chopra had put out supporting the Indian Army, which is where she is from. And I'm all for supporting your country, patriotism, supporting the troops. But I think there is a point that this person had. So listen to 423's reporting on this incident. A girl named Aisha stood up and let Priyanka know that for her, as a Pakistani woman, it's difficult to hear her talk about humanity when she clearly feels a certain way about recent violence in her home region. There you go. Hi, Priyanka. Hi, what's your name? Aisha. Hi, Aisha. So, it was kind of hard hearing you talk about humanity because as your neighbor, a Pakistani, I know you're a bit of a hypocrite because you tweeted 
on February 26th, Jay Hind Hashtag Indian Armed Forces. You are a UNICEF Ambassador for Peace, and you're encouraging nuclear war against Pakistan. There's no winner in this, as a Pakistani, millions of people like me have supported you in your business of Bollywood, and you want nuclear war. Whenever you're done venting. Got it. And in saying this, Aisha was calling Priyanka out for a tweet that she posted back in February that translated to Long Live India, which she sent out on the same day an Indian fighter jet bombed a military training camp in Pakistan. So as a UNICEF ambassador, I do think that it is important for somebody who is playing such a big role in global politics to think about the kind of things that they tweet. You know, if Priyanka was just an influencer or just an actress, and uh, I do think, you know, people have said this isn't the place to do it, but how often do you get to be face-to-face with the Hollywood star? Maybe it happens more often in Los Angeles, but it doesn't happen very often for most people. So for this attendee, this may have been the only time that she's ever going to be in a room with Priyanka Chopra. And this is something that she clearly felt very passionate about. So I don't begrudge her for taking the opportunity to talk about life and death. I do think as a UNICEF ambassador, Priyanka Chopra Jonas is putting herself out there. As a UNICEF ambassador, I do think that she needs to be held to a higher standard. Everybody's favorite king of shade, Jeffree Star, has been doing a lot this week. The Morphe X Jeffree Star Part 2 launch party was Monday evening in Los Angeles and Jeffree BFF and upcoming palette partner Shane Dawson was there along with a lot of Morphe babes but notably absent from all of the video and photos that I saw were Manny MUA and Larlar Lee X Jeffree BFFs. I guess it makes sense that they would not attend or be invited to. Not saying they weren't invited, but I didn't see them there. Because they are ex-BFFs, it does make sense that they would not attend the party, but I did notice that it seemed uh, like a couple of the people who frequently promote Morphe were not at this particular party. Someone else at the party? Drama YouTuber Rich Lux. Jeffrey made a comment that referenced the rumor that Rich Lux, among other drama channels, is on his payroll. Here is a clip from their Snapchat Instagram story. Oh my gosh, oh. look, you got employee of the month. You got Rich Lux. <laughs> We're celebrating Jeffrey's yes. You work so hard. Morphe, Jeffree Star. Employee of the month. I guess if Rich is an employee of Jeffrey's, which I do not think he is, then he is doing a pretty good job. Somebody else that's doing a pretty good job is Jeffrey because Linda from Morphe gave him a diamond encrusted J Star necklace, which is his new Morphe discount code, at this very party. Now, Jeffrey did say that all the money from the discount code would be donated to charity, but he didn't specify which ones. The necklace is pretty amazing, and you can see pictures on our website. These come from Jeffrey's story, as well as Morphe's story. The value of the necklace is unknown, but it looks like it could be by Jeffree Star and Kardashian favorite jeweler Johnny Dang and company. 
Jeffrey has posted numerous Johnny Dang jewelry and grills on his Instagram, including a C-U-N-T necklace from March 19th of this year, which is still available on his Instagram if you'd like to check it out. Johnny Dang has a page on his website, tvjohnny.net, that is called Custom Pendants, and it shows the Jeffree Star Cosmetics logo pendant that he created for Jeffree with a price tag of $14,400. His diamond chains start at $12,000, so this gift could cost upwards of $26,000. Wow. No wonder Jeffree reacted the way that he did in the video when Linda presented him this incredibly expensive diamond necklace um but i don't have anything to do with morphe as a brand a lot of people think because i have my brand in there jeffrey you might secretly own a portion or a share absolutely not i don't i only own my own brand <laughs> um so me and morphe are just collaborating y'all nothing else the next day tuesday jeffrey star morphe launched but as with every jeffrey star product launch it could not possibly be drama free Fans were initially upset that Afterpay was not showing up at checkout. Now, if you're not familiar, Afterpay allows you to make a larger purchase and break it up into four payments so that it's more affordable. That was resolved in about an hour, but those that placed orders as soon as the collection went live expressed their upset on Morphe's Instagram and Twitter. Morphe's setting spray was also not available to be shipped to Australia due to customs issues. When asked about it on Instagram, Morphe's response to multiple Australian fans was, stay tuned. Now, it is important to note that because of ingredient restrictions and possible flammability, that some items have to be shipped by UPS ground. You may have noticed if you order nail polish or setting sprays that they will not come air they usually have to be shipped ground so this is an issue for anything that has to go over an ocean like from the united states to australia it's worth noting that morphe setting sprays can also not be shipped to puerto rico hawaii or alaska and this week in deleted tweets norvina of anastasia beverly hills has apparently discovered who was selling their pr on the resale app mercari in a tweet that she almost instantly deleted, Norvina, who is at Norvina1 on Twitter, said, Wow, I'm so shook at who this is. Remember that Mercari page using a famous name selling RPR? Laughing face emoji, laughing face emoji. Girl, OMFG, I'm deceased. Smug looking smiley, skull and crossbones emoji. I'm not saying anything but damn, the scandal. Now, Norvina has not commented on the many, many tweets asking for more information. Everybody wants to know who was selling PR, but it looks like Anastasia Beverly Hills is going to be tight-lipped on that, at least for now. And if a contract is not signed, there is nothing that says you have to do anything with that gift. But still, a lot of fans are upset at people selling PR, and rightfully so. Now, critics do say that if Anastasia Beverly Hills does not want people selling PR, then maybe they shouldn't do these wide-reaching PR searches where they send their PR to unknowns. But I happen to disagree. 
I think that it is great that ABH is supporting smaller creators. And if they're looking at pictures of artistry and people that are doing amazing eyeshadow looks, I think that those smaller accounts are way more likely to actually take pictures and make videos with the PR rather than big, huge influencers who are getting so much PR that by their own accounts, they could not possibly make videos talking about every single item they receive in PR. Now, some influencers like Sam Ravindahl and Samantha March, and I'm sure many others, do give away a lot of PR in giveaways to their fans, but it stands to reason that some people who are getting a lot of PR and can't or won't make a video about it might want to sell it. But I think that it's way more likely to be people who are getting multiple PR items than somebody who is just getting PR from ABH. But that's just my opinion. Nicole Concilio, blast from the past. You guys still subscribe to her, right? She's so known for always giving unbiased opinions. But Nicole is getting breast reduction surgery and she said she's getting it at a discount for talking about it on social media. I think that it's great that Nicole is taking care of her health and if she can get a discount for sharing it on social media, I guess that there's nothing wrong with using her platform that way. Just a little story, not really a drama, but interesting. And the story that shocked me the most this week is Ipsy going out of business. The OG subscription box might not be around much longer. Nick Snyder and Rich Lux had something to say about this on the video, Jeffree Star More Successful Than Huda, that's available on Nick Snyder's channel, The Viewer's Voice. Here's what they had to say about it. Michelle Fon did make a video trashing Jack and Jack Lipsticks. <laughs> We how soon y'all forget? You know Michelle was probably waiting for that. In Michelle Fawn made a mm -hmm. video with Jack and Hill lipsticks yep. trashing Ooh. them. Wasn't even on her channel. It was on someone else's channel. It's, it's alive. It's yeah, sisters. Mm -hmm. Michelle Fawn is a pioneer in beauty world. Michelle, Michelle Fawn got her her bag mm -hmm. and was bah, and she left. And she's smart. She's really smart because she she has the ability to see things before like to see it before it happens. So mm -hmm. whatever she's working on now is what we need to be paying attention to. That's gonna be the next big thing. I'm telling mm -hmm. you, she's smart. She did the whole convention thing, the Ipsy Con or whatever. Oh, you call it. I heard Ipsy's going under. Ipsy's going under, but she already sold it. She don't care. Oh, she's got gone. Yeah, I heard she, that she left see, like last year. Something. You a true entrepreneur starts a business and then mm -hmm. sells it off and yep. starts another one, and yep. that's what she's been doing. Now I have searched high and low all around the internet. Googling, looking on Instagram, looking on Twitter, and I cannot find anything that says anything about Ipsy going out of business. So maybe they meant Ipsy Con? I don't know. So very interesting tea here. It could be that they have some insider information that they accidentally let slip. If you are an Ipsy subscriber, you might want to take note that it might not be around much longer, but that's okay because there are plenty of other makeup and beauty subscription boxes out there. And as it turns out, there are people out there that do not love Jen Loves Reviews. This shocked me. I have to say that this podcast format was partially inspired by the news style format of Jen Loves Reviews, What's Up in Makeup, which is a weekly YouTube show that many people contribute to talking about the latest makeup releases. Think of it as Trend Mood's Instagram, but without all the drama. Or is it without drama? Redditors on our beauty guru chatter are not living for Jen Love's reviews. She's interviewing Thomas Halbert on her live stream later this evening, that is Sunday, and people are not very happy about it. 
This comes on the heels of her collab with fellow YouTuber Smokey Glow, which also did not make the Redditors happy. Here's a couple comments from our beauty guru chatter about Jen Love's reviews and the people that she is choosing to talk with. As far as talking with Thomas Halbert, Navarle said, why in the world would she do that? She is really confusing to me and I think this is a bad idea for both of them. Hold me closer, tiny dun-dun said, me too, cannot stand her personally. Probably offensive X said, not OP, but people in this sub, me included, find her content super condescending, pointless, and overdramatic. It's like being talked to like I'm five years old. She usually makes a video surrounding whatever drama is currently around and basically beats a dead horse, in my opinion. As for Smoky Glow, our Lynette says, I hate to say this, but I'm glad I cut the cord with Hannah, especially now with this video. Jen is incredibly holier than thou, and over the past few months, it's been obvious that Hannah's becoming the same. It sucks that I've drifted from a channel I used to love, but this just doubles down on all the reasons I had before. What can I say? They deserve each other. Jay Shan says, I don't know when the shift began, but you're completely right. I unsubscribed months ago and then resubscribed recently because I thought I was overreacting, but I wasn't. Her commentary lately has oozed of privilege and I'm not for it. And that's the only reason why I was watching because I don't enjoy her makeup at all. Arlenette replies, I had a hunch at the start of the year that things were changing, and sadly, that came true. It's been especially prominent over the past few months, though, and that's what made me cut the cord. Someone else said, yeah, I'm not down with this, and I'm not going to watch it. I had a bad interaction with Jen about Kat Von D, so I explained, as someone with an immunocompromised father going through chemo for his aggressive and rare cancer, I didn't support Kat Von D, and I don't like watching channels who do. Her response, aka Jen's response, it's just makeup. My job is to review makeup. Left a bad taste in my mouth. One bad joke said, I had a similar interaction with her. I told her that I was Jewish and my grandfather was a Holocaust survivor, so I feel that it's wrong to support KVD. She told me the same, that it was just makeup. Now, I'm not going to get into the Kat Von D drama and why people might have a problem and say these things, but if you're interested and somehow missed out, go to YouTube because there are many, many videos about it, but it is, it is extremely cold tea at this point. In brand news, no one wants a colored rain mystery box. It's only $35 with a value of $150. It includes an eyeshadow palette, traditional lipstick, eyelash, single pan eyeshadow, lip paint, highlighter, and an accessory. I received an email about this back on July the 9th, but as of this week, they were still pushing the mystery box. According to Instagram, there are less than 100 photos hashtagged colored rain mystery box. And as I look at it, only five or six are actually showing mystery box items. This is a pretty good value. So I don't understand why they're not selling, but I guess colored rain missed the mark with this one. Did Too Faced Cosmetics rip off Tarte? It sure looks like that to me. As soon as I saw a picture of their new watermelon palette on Trend Mood's Instagram, I thought, haven't I seen this before? Tarte Sugar Rush Sweet Slice Eye and Cheek Palette looks suspiciously similar to the new Too Faced Watermelon Palette. The Sweet Slice Palette looks like a watermelon slice and it opens up into a circular palette with a mirror on top and teardrop or seed shaped eyeshadow pans. Tarte describes their palette, which was released in April, as an all-in-one eye and cheek palette which comes with juicy pink and neutral tones you can use every day. Seven freshly picked eyeshadows and one blush, deliciously juicy packaging that stands out in your collection, as well as being vegan and cruelty-free. 
Now the Too Faced Watermelon Slice Face and Eye Palette. Hmm. Eye and cheek or face and eye? Sounds suspiciously similar. The Too Faced Watermelon Slice Face and Eye Palette just released this week is a watermelon slice palette that opens up into a circular palette that is actually two smaller palettes, one with eyeshadow and one with blush, highlight, and bronzer. These look shockingly similar, and Too Faced's palette looks a little bit more like seed-shaped pans as opposed to teardrop, but they're still very similar to the shape of Tarte's Sugar Rush palette. Now, the Tarte palette is $25, but the Too Faced palette retails for $42. Too Faced describes their palette as look like one in a melon with this fresh and fruity, fragranced, breakaway face and eye palette. One side of the magnetized duo is filled with eight high pigment shadows. The other side features a watermelon highlighter and blush and a caramelized bronzer. Hmm. Jackie Annis says that the people who criticize her palette for looking like all the other ABH palettes, quote, don't look like her. Is this her way of saying that only white people are criticizing her palette? Now, Jackie Ina has been accused of having biased against other races before, and she doesn't seem like she has any issues with making statements that might call it into question now. Just leaving that here. No commentary. And this segment I like to call the Trend Mood Trash Fire. Now, if you're not familiar with Trend Mood's Instagram, trend mood one you really should be because it is not only the place to see pictures of every single new and upcoming makeup and beauty item but it is also a place to give your uncensored views and basically trash talk every makeup product coming out is anyone excited that trend mood's first brand collab is just picking up some milani products and putting them into a display from everything that I can see, the answer is no. Urban Decay continues to not listen to what consumers want and are releasing the new Naked Honey palette. Nobody on Trend Mood's Instagram is here for it. Goldie Grocer said the honey palette is missing a yellow honey. Dot dot dot. Just to state the obvious, that has 95 likes at the time that I screen capped it. I took yo daddy, said in all caps, why are people correlating honey with yellow? Honey is clearly a gold and brown. So what's with all the complaints? Notice that she did not say she liked the palette. However, Autumn Solitude says underwhelming to say the least. Floor White Size has what might be the best comment with 463 likes and she said, ColourPop has left the chat. Now, a few people did express that they liked the palette. Lauren with three N's underscore MU said, I actually like this because there are good neutrals for those of us with olive undertones. Hentai Ho said, literally, it looks like these would all just blend together. Cold Wind in August says, no depth, no actual honey shades like yellow, orange, copper. Natalie Rico says, they're not even trying anymore. Face palm emoji. Anya Vegas says, wow, a bunch of browns and a mossy green. Hashtag innovation which is clearly a little sarcasm. Ex Amelia Grace says, first a cherry palette with no cherry red color, now a honey palette with no honey yellow color. Urban Decay, what are you doing, girl? Crying face emoji. 
and Two-Face just can't seem to stay away from the criticism this week. Trend Mood revealed their Palm Springs Dreams palette, which looks suspiciously to some users like the White Peach palette. Here are some comments from Trend Mood's Instagram. That's a no from me, 33, with an icon of Simon Cowell, by the way. It says, oh, this will quickly end up at Marshall's with 506 likes. Your average Taylor one says, is this dot, 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 not the white peach palette? Melissa Lee Garrett said, yeah, I thought the exact same thing. Hannah R. Thomas says, Two-Faced has gotten so boring over the past couple years. Ry.Velasquez says, this looks like the white peach palette, but with an orange and a hot pink. Shrugging shoulders emoji. Megan Natili says, is it me or does this not look exactly like the Too Faced Gingerbread Extra Spicy palette they announced last week? Totally a pass. My Antonia says, they literally took out half of the shades from the Pretty Rich palette, added that coral shade, and called it a day. Disappointing. Elix Metallica says, bland and boring. Self-Esteem Dream Team says, anyone else have a reaction to Too Faced Shadows? The Sweet Peach palette and Matte Peach palette make my eyes red and itchy. Hmm. Doesn't sound like many people are excited for this one. Well, that's just about the best drama from the last week. I hope that you have enjoyed hearing about this. Now, because drama can tend to be very negative, I wanted to end this podcast on a positive note. So this week, some very cool news. Nail Guru Christine, aka Simply Nail Logical, the creator of Hollow Taco, which you may have heard of, is hosting her third annual tuition giveaway. Visit Simply Nail Logical, that's N-A-I-L-O-G-I-C-A-L on YouTube for a link on how to enter to get your college tuition paid. Pretty generous and exciting, Christine. That is really cool. To see pictures and all of the sources for this episode, visit our website, thisweekbeautydrama.wixsite.com slash podcast. That's without the N, thisweekbeautydrama.wixsite.com slash podcast. Did we miss some drama that you think we should have talked about? Send your tips to thisweekinbeautydrama at gmail.com. You can also follow us on social media. Our Twitter is beautydramapod and Instagram is thisweekinbeautydrama. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. And remember, as Coco Chanel said, the best color in the whole world is the one that looks good on you. I will see you next week for another podcast. Have a great week, y'all.